It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, welcome back to Ausbiz on this Monday afternoon. We kick off the PM Eastern Daylight Time. As we always do with the call, we take a look at 10 stocks suggested by you, put them to two experts for a bit of guidance. And uh, boy, do we have a good team of experts today. James Rosenberg from Bayviews is with us. James, good to see you, mate. David, and you? And Rob Corlett from Macro. Rob, Great. how are you? Thanks, David. Uh, what are you expecting this week in the markets as we get down to the wire with the presidential election? Yep. Roller coaster? Yep, so historically we've always seen a spike in uh, the VIX in the last two weeks leading up to an election. Um, the year before an election, typically we get about a 9% return. We've had a bit better uh, in American uh, yeah. indexes. Uh, the first year post an election, typically 13%. So yeah. uh, I think after the election, when the market knows you know, who's in, uh, I think they'll kind of take that on board and, and I'm expecting the market to run after that. Does the market have a preference? Um, if you don't get this blue wave they're talking about with Biden coming in where it controls uh, upper and lower house, uh, I think generally the market would prefer Trump to get in. Okay. James, how are you saying it? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think given what's happened in 2016 and the uh, Brexit election and our, our own federal election last time, it's so hard to predict yeah. and pollsters really have not distinguished themselves. I just don't see there's going to be a good outcome either way. Right. Um, the worst outcome would be a close result yeah. um, because we saw what happened last time and it may be worse this time. Yeah. Um, whichever way it goes, I think the markets will be a lot more settled if it's decisive. Right, okay. All right. Um, and COVID is, will probably pay a, play a bigger role. It, 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 prior to the appalling way COVID's been handled in the US, I would have thought Trump would have got back in quite right. easily, yeah. um, despite all the polls. COVID's the really big um, swing factor in my view. And again, there's no good outcome. Um, mm. If Biden gets in, there appears to be a stronger plan, but yeah. he doesn't get in till the end of January. Yeah. They've got a long winter ahead of them in between. Yeah. Um, yeah. The cases are going up and up at a very alarming rate, and I can't see that being reversed. Mm. Yeah, mm. same Rob. Yeah, look, I think one of the issues, not just the way in which COVID's been handled, but how are people who want to vote going to get out during COVID and make their vote? Yeah. I know there's been a big thing through the US sports um, divisions to try and promote people to get out there and have their vote because it's not um, mandatory like it is here. Yeah. So, you know, what kind of demographic are actually going out mm. in America during COVID? Well, it's working because apparently by Saturday, more people had voted than the whole of the last election in 2016. So, and still voting day ahead of them. So it's gonna be fascinating. Uh, we'll keep you up to date with the uh, the market and investment implications right here on Ausbiz, of course. All right, before we get stuck into your uh, 10 stocks, stock of the day, one making uh, headlines, it's in the news. And of course you can't go buy Westpac today. Uh, Westpac came out and said, they're expecting to return to its half yearly dividend cycle despite a full year cash earnings fall by 60%, the bank declaring a final dividend of 31 cents a share after skipping the interim payout in the middle of the initial outbreak. Uh, Chief Executive Peter King said in a statement to the Stock Exchange, 2020 has been a particularly challenging year. It's not stating the bleeding obvious, is it? And our financial result is disappointing. Uh, that includes a second half of $1.2 billion worth of write downs customer compensation payouts and the $1.3 billion Austrack penalty. Uh, James, what do you think of the, uh, the Westpac result? It wasn't as bad as it could have been. It could have been a real mm. train wreck. Okay. And um, the result was probably flattered by a lower impairment charge. Yeah. I think they had $2.2 billion last half and $900 million yep. in the uh, period just reported. Draw your own conclusions on that. I, I suppose a lot of that is JobKeeper. Um, but 
it probably did flatter the result. The um, uh, capital, um, tier one capital was, was a beat and that will allay some possible fears of another capital raising. Yep. Um, look, it was okay. In a, it is a challenging environment. It's very difficult, but um, I find it pretty difficult to get enthused about the whole sector, I have to say. Right. So the big four banks just avoid at the moment? Not avoid. I just, you don't want to be overweight in the sector. Right. It's certainly not an avoid, right. uh, but it's not a sector that you want to be overweight in. Okay. Rob? Yeah, uh, the capital T1 ratio came in about 16.5%, which is well above what we think they would need to be, you know, to, to avoid that extra capital raise. Uh, totally agree that uh, we wouldn't want to be um, buying into any of the top four banks at the moment. I think yep. we've said a few times Macquarie Bank is where we would like to be. Yep. Um, one of the things we want to keep an eye on is the number of defaults or provisions if they start ticking up again. Um, okay. Obviously, we've had that deferral of the home loan. Uh, yeah. That ended at the end of September. As we move through to the end of March, when the JobKeeper payments start to get reduced to zero, is that going to affect um, you know, current home yeah. loan people and, and are they going to start They did follow? highlight deferrals in home loans and small business loans had dropped a fair bit, hadn't they, from six months ago, which, yeah. thank goodness, they should have. <laughs> yeah, well, they should have. But, but it's, it's the next six months when yeah. all of a sudden all those um, government incentives start to uh, disappear from the market. Yeah. Uh, are they still going to be able to keep those provisions so low? Right, OK. All right, so uh, a watch and avoid for uh, Westpac at the moment. All right, let's get stuck into uh, the companies you've suggested us to take a look at. And uh, first one, James. Premier Investments, uh, Solomon Lou's retail uh, investment portfolio, is it? Which includes, if you're a grandparent or a parent, includes Smiggle. So if you if you keep thinking I'm spending so much money in Smiggle, there's probably a way to get your your own back. It's maybe buy Premier Investment shares, Peter Alexander, a whole bunch of other retailers, aren't they? David, um, they say about children, small children, small problems, big children, big problems. Um, I'm just so grateful that we're past the smiggle stage. Yep. Uh, I, uh, I should have bought bloody shares in the thing years yeah. ago. I, I think it was the de rigueur uh, birthday present for yep. young girls. Yep. Uh, look, um, whatever you think about uh, Mark McGuinness and uh, Solomon Liu, and they've got, you know, both had a bit of a chequered history in some way, they are retailers down to their bootstraps and yep. they've got very specialised uh, businesses within Premier, Smiggle, um, Peter Alexander, Portman's. They still have a big stake in Meyer too, don't they? They do, do have a big stake in Meyer and that's a big significant drag on, on them. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, they've got very consistent earnings growth. Um, they've uh, reasonable return on equity. Um, they've managed a fantastic retail business in what's an increasingly challenging environment for years yeah. um, and done it very well. I don't mind the company. Um, I just find it a bit of a struggle, the valuation at the moment. Right. Um, so Clifford, um, from my point of view, if you like the stock, um, maybe just be a little bit patient about when you pick it up. Yeah, okay, so not at these levels? Not at these levels. Okay. Rob? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one because it's uh, one of the better performing companies in this consumer discretionary sector and consumer discretionary comes with a lot of risk at the moment with a lot of the um, unknowns about COVID and how businesses will deal with them moving forward. Yeah. Um, the company recently reported a 101% increase in EBITDA and a 29% in net profits after tax. Uh, one of the big things that came out about a month ago or so was they've increased their investment in Breville Group. They now own 28.5% of that. Uh, they put another quarter of a billion dollars in. Um, so they're obviously backing that uh, continuation of um, consumer discretionary purchases. Yeah. Um, look, if you talk about premium investments, you've got to talk about uh, the UK and, and COVID issues over there. Um, they're forecasting there could be up to 55 UK stores um, in their Smiggles divisions that could close with this second wave of uh, COVID right. going through Europe. So right. that would be a concern. Um, they have already stood down 8,000 employees um, due to COVID. So as much as we like the stock, uh, as we would definitely hold it if you're in it, but yeah. just be a little bit cautious about going out there and buying it. Uh, as we've said, it is top of the range and uh, there's, there's lots of risk in that consumer right. discretionary space. You, you forget how important those UK 
sort of divisions are. So it was, uh, and they're going into the next wave of lockdown, UK, Europe, yeah. which does muddy the water a bit, does it? Yeah, look, UK, Europe accounts for about 17% of their revenue. So it's not an insignificant oh. amount. So we've okay. just got to be careful about that. Okay, I didn't realise that was so much. And again, if you like the company for the long term, if it has a big hit through discretionary spending through Europe, it's going to turn. Yeah, uh, yeah. You would, it's not priced for it at the moment, but if yeah. it does have a significant pullback, you know that, that's the time to be looking at these sort of companies because it's it, it's going to do okay over the over the longer term. They are very yeah. very focused and very successful people. Yep. So are these one of those stocks, um, specialist retailer, good track record, good executive team, expensive at the moment. So uh, for a private investor, do you put it on your watch list? That if there's a pullback or yeah, it's one of the things. The way I I work is to either put it on my watch list and have a trigger at certain points, and it right. might be um, might be trailing PE or whatever it is. Yeah. Or if they're not a million miles away from a a, a, um, a place a level that you find value. Yeah. You put a bunch of buy orders on bit below the market at, at levels yep. you're at, you, you go into the orchard, you put a whole lot of buckets under various trees and yep. see what falls in. And you don't need to jump in all at once. No. So you no. just sure. drip feed it in. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, thank you for that, Clifford. Appreciate the uh, suggestion. Um, Rob, Eric wants a view on Citadel Group. Now, this is a, a tech business, one of these um, tech businesses that's in um, information flow and managing uh, systems and big corporates, mainly in the in the health area. Um, what do you think of Citadel? Yeah, look, uh, we spoke about Citadel uh, a couple of months ago. I think we were uh, giving the viewers at that point in time, um, you know, looking out for accumulating the stock and any kind of weakness. I think we had an, another yeah. twenty cent pullback around the four twenty down to four dollars, um, and I think the Monday after uh, we were talking about it, it came under takeover. So. Right. Um, the last trade on the stock was around 398, and then the takeover came through. I think it's about um, 570 from yeah. memory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right now, I think uh, people need to just weigh up. Look, what's my opportunity cost? If I go and buy it today, um, I can make one percent if the deal goes through. Yeah. The deal's forecast to be um, concluded around mid-December. So if you annualise that kind of return, you know, maybe you're getting around one percent minus say 0.1 on your brokerage, so you're getting about net 0.9. You've got about six weeks to hold it, so your annual rate of return is probably around that seven, seven and a half percent mark, uh, which is a lot better than what you're going to get in the bank. Mm. Um, and with this volatility in uncertain times, that might be for you. But oh. um, typically, if we're advising clients, um, you know, we'd actually just prefer to have the cash in the bank and not worry about the fact that maybe this deal doesn't go through. Right. It does look like it will. Um, it's got full support of the board. Um, but yeah, that, that's the only thing the investors have to work out right now right. about them. Okay. I think, you've, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Um, full support of the board worries me a bit. I've seen enough Ed, NRL <laughs> coaches. Uh, that'd be the death knell. So um, who knows? But yeah, look, it's a company that hasn't had the most wonderful track record. It hasn't been disastrous. It hasn't been wonderful. Um, I, it's not one that I would find particularly attractive. Um, but given that there is a takeover, very limited upside from the, from the uh, current price, as you say. Yeah. No sign, at least at the moment, of anyone else competing for a bid. So yep. um, I just, I think the ship yeah, sailed. Avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right. Uh, thank you for that, Kim. But um, hey, if Kim's in it though, mm -hmm. already uh, under the takeover, so you obviously, sort of retail investors don't get much say, do they? Uh, oh, no, no. You'll be compulsorily acquired at that 570 mark? Yeah, look, if you're in it, um, really the big thing uh, that you're looking for is, is there any room, is there any speculation that maybe there might be a third party to it? Yeah. Uh, are the directors saying, oh, look, you know, maybe we can get some more for it? It doesn't seem to be the case here. There's no room, there's no speculation anyone yeah. else is coming in. It's a friendly takeover. The board has said, please, you know, accept the bid. Um, so I think if you're in it at the moment, I'd probably just cash out. Um, right. And you never know. Look, we've got the election coming up in a few days. We might get some really good opportunities that you could use that cash for. Right. Okay. Good thought. Um, Kim James wants a uh, view on Bravura Solutions. Now, it's, uh, again, a, a management software platform focused on the wealth management industry and administration. So sort of is this 
this is a bit like Hub24 and those yeah, it's, sorts it's, of it's, companies. It's um, back office solutions for wealth yeah. management, funds management, uh, life insurance. Uh, done pretty well, had very solid growth since they've been listed. Um, it's, uh, it, they reported very well back in August, but the outlook statement was fairly flat. Um, there were not too many companies giving uh, robust outlook statements, if at all, <laughs> and the stock was sold down fairly uh, harshly on that. Yeah, from might have been that. a bit expensive leading into it, so yeah. it probably provides... So that's a, it down to its March lows, isn't it? Which is unusual in this is, market. It is unusual. Yeah. And yeah, I think there's some value in there at, at um, current levels. I don't know the business in detail. I've, I've not used their product. Um, but uh, at these sort of levels, I would have thought it's probably quite attractive. Reasonable dividend yield, I think it's about 3.7% unfranked, but um, has, uh, had, mm. has, has built a growing presence and, and strong earnings growth. Return on equities, reasonable if not exciting. Right. Okay. So, uh, because it's a pretty competitive market and all the others are on big multiples. To actually th see this mm. one on a more reasonable multiple. Mm is attractive. Okay. Rob? Yeah, look, Prevera might have been unfairly uh, dealt with of late. As you said, we're back down to the um, COVID lows. In fact, it's a two and a half year low. Yeah. Uh, the business has got good margins around 18%. Uh, the price earnings multiple is about 29 compared to its sector at 91. Yeah. I think really what's uh, holding the stock back is a combination of two things. Number one, they're just not giving any guidance. Uh, on how things okay. are going to be. They constantly give rhetoric saying that, you know, constant uncertainty, uh, lack of guidance, that FY21 will probably be only be in line with FY20 and FY21 will be back-weighted to the second half of the year. So yeah. people looking at going, well, look, not only am I not likely to get much upside in the next 12 months, but I have to wait for six months before I'm even going to get any kind of indication that you're going to reach those levels. Maybe you don't, maybe things get worse. So I think people are just saying, risk off the table, move and get out of it. Um, so yeah, look, if you're in it at the moment, um, yeah, any kind of rally would probably try and get out of it. The other thing too, I was going to say, it's a business that a lot of people don't really understand. Yes, it's the wealth management uh, software. Uh, platform solutions. They did make, a, I think, a, a merger or an acquisition with someone somewhat recently. But, you know, people aren't quite understanding what that business entails exactly. Right. You know, we see that um, the real room for growth in their company comes from the compliance side of things, which I think yeah. we may have spoken about a, yeah, a month yeah. or so ago. But, um, yeah, just not having a very clear understood model by retail investors coupled with no guidance, um, I think people are just exiting it on mass. Because uh, some of the, the others in that sector are pretty hot at the moment, aren't mm. they? You know, your net wealths, and is that a similar sort of business or? People are attracted to the online model, anything that's, you know, software as a service, yeah. uh, anything with cloud in it. Um, yeah, th these guys just can't get that message across to investors at the moment. Right, okay, all right. So, got to tell a bit of story. All right, thank you for that, uh, Kim. Um, appreciate the suggestion, Ed. Now, uh, which is one of the, Ed, uh, the reason I love doing this uh, show is um, you all suggest companies that I don't know much about and never really heard of. And Ed wants a, a view, Rob, on a wee bit nano. Mm. Now, this is a, a computer, sort of memory technology by the sound of it. It's all, this is the, the high tech stuff in circuit boards for, uh, for data. Isn't that data storage? Um, yeah, it's to do with the uh, memory chip. Um, yeah. So what these guys have done is um, they're using a silicon oxide uh, as the base of it, which is the most common um, ingredient, well, ingredient in uh, computers, uh, which means it should be really low cost for them to produce these chips. Uh, they're really, really small. I think they've been able to uh, produce these uh, chips at about 40 um, nanos, uh, nanometers. Yep. Um, to put that in perspective, there's a million of those nanometers in a millimeter, uh, and they're trying to work on getting it down yeah. to 28 uh, nanos. So they think this will be revolutionary in being able to have a lot more computing power in, a, in the same size chip. Right. Um, the other thing they're trying to work on is to have a really low power um, so there's not much power needed to drive that. Yeah. Um, so they talk about having um, a, a volatile um, memory or non. This is the non, which means that um, it can be used 
after you've turned off the power, etc. Um, look, they're dual listed. They're over in the US. Uh, it's about a five to one stock. The company's um, actually incorporated over in um, uh, Israel. Right. Um, look, they've done everything right during COVID. Um, the directors aren't drawing down a salary. Uh, employees have taken a pay cut. Uh, they're not paying out bonuses. Um, you know, and, and the actual space they're in seems pretty exciting too. Uh, from what I understand, yeah. it's doubling. It's had a good run too, hasn't it? Oh yeah, look, it's, it's gone fantastic. In the last three or four months. I don't know if I'd be stepping in and buying it here, but I'd definitely look to pick this up on weakness if in a very small way. Right. Um, one of those big techie things with huge potential. Um, so yeah, we, we're definitely looking to accumulate this So stock. the te technology's Israeli rather than Australian, it's just listed here? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think right. they just recently got uh, three more patents approved. Right. Uh, I think they've got about eight global patents now at the moment. Um, so yeah, their the technology, it, it seems to be a game changer. And, and Israel is seen as a real tech economy. A hundred percent. Yeah, Israel have huge number of uh, tech companies being mm. rolled out. Yeah. Okay. James? It was pretty much word for word what I was going to right. say, David, <laughs> oh. um, which is a complete lie. I feel like I've won the lotto. Um, I'm, I'm a total Luddite, and I'm right. so pleased that Rob went first. Um, I went onto the company's website to try and get a bit of an understanding, and, yeah. and frankly, um, I was uh, none the wiser, but a lot better informed. Right. Um, look, it sounds fantastic, but it's not profitable. It's years off being profitable. It's got to be considered highly speculative. Um, it's not an area that I uh, find interesting, um, so not for me. I'm not saying it can't do these wonderful things, but yeah. um, it's just not something that pops up on my radar. Yeah. I was going to say, one of the things that's really important for investors to do when they're looking at these small companies or mining companies is to go to the Appendix 3B and look at their cash burn rate and how much cash at bank they've got. So um, Weebit Nano did a $6.6 .6 million equity raising recently through institutions. Um, they put forward a share purchase plan for half a million dollars, actually received $2.7 million from retail investors. So they're sitting on about $9 million cash at bank. Okay. Um, they're burning through about $1.2 a quarter. So they're right. good for about one and three quarter years. Yeah. Um, so I think that can give you a little bit of confidence. If you get a little bit of weakness, you can probably step in and not fear in the next 12 months they're going to do a capital raising, yeah. which can be an absolute killer as an yeah. investment. Um, look, their numbers were pretty good. Um, they had EBITDA of about 42%, net profits of 40%. So they're definitely coming along, but without the revenue, um, yeah, yeah. Just, just be really careful. It's highly speculative yeah. at this stage. Because uh, it is highly speculative, but it gives you, you know, uh, it is incredibly high risk, but you sort of the thematic of a chip, which chips are in <laughs> everything now, that is faster, takes up less power, yep. um, if you can get, which is dominated by Intel, Apple have just gone into computer chips and making their own as well, haven't they? Yeah. So it's a massive uh, industry. You're can buying into it, sorry, I was just gonna say, look, you're buying into a company that's come out with this um, new technology, but yeah. you've always got to remember that there might be another company around the corner yeah, no, getting even point. better technology. I actually was going to say that. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> yeah, legit. Uh, but the other thing is that um, you make a good point about them raising capital. and They've raised capital every year in existence. And 2015, they had 5.3 million shares, and it's now 80 million. Yeah. Um, you're either forced to continually stumping up cash or being diluted. So, yeah, yeah it's just not for me. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right, um, let's, uh, but thank you for that, Ed. Really good thing to uh, put on our radar. Fascinating business. Um, James, Deb wants a view on, uh, on Blackmores, the, uh, the big so vitamin really interesting company, isn't it? Because oh, they've been around since 1920s or yeah. 30s. Um, they've built a you know, phenomenally successful product and, yeah. and brand name, uh, but seem to have lost their way a little bit in the last few years. Um, had that massive spike with the uh, Daigo sales into China, um, and clearly that's come off and, and hurt them. But in the meantime, they've been building fantastic distribution elsewhere in Asia, which continues to grow. They have, in the last couple of years, gone a little bit non-core. They, in that they um, purchased a manufacturing facility and um, that has not worked for them. It, yeah. it's, it's, um, I'd much prefer to see them back to the old model and that's, that's not going to happen. They've had a lot of management change over a short period of time, which is never a good look. 
I think fundamentally it is um, a, a product that is um, well received by their consumers. They've got a, a respected <coughs> brand name. I think in, in, the, in the Chinese market, they were the most respected yeah. Australian brand name. So I think they will be able to do it to, to get back on track. But in the meantime, um, it is out of favour. Um, you know, it's in, uh, and it was a darling for so many years, wasn't it? This was your your entree into the Chinese economy for a couple of years, wasn't yeah, it? Led, time. led but, by and sort of give her a due because she's under a bit of pressure at the moment. Uh, the glory days, Christine Holgate from now at Australia Post basically led it there, didn't? Yep, it? yep, and did a and did a fantastic Fabulous. job. Uh, yep. But you know, everyone talks about China. They have been building a lot of. Um, uh, distribution in, elsewhere in Asia. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it, it is okay, but you're going to be in in for a bit of a rocky ride from a right. share price point of view. Um, if you a believer in the in the product and they can continue to uh, to sell their product regardless of um, that's a horrible five year chart though, isn't oh, it? It's ugly. <laughs> two two hundred and twenty bucks down to seven. It's interesting when they hit two hundred and twenty dollars was when they. Um, uh, they announced that at the AGM, their sales in China and the yeah. stock just absolutely exploded. Yep. exploded. And um, Marcus Blackmore, to his absolute credit, said, I don't know why the market's rowing so strongly today. Everyone who's running the company is sitting here and not at work. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I really like that attitude. Um, you know, it's a bit of a glib line. But, yeah, yeah. But it's a, but he is a character. It, it shows the attitude. And I, and I really yeah. like that. And I think they've probably lost their way a little bit. Um, can they get it back? If you if you um, if you think they can, I think it's a really good buy for. Yeah. Do you think the longer they can? term? Yeah, I think they can. Okay. I think they can. I think so it's going to be a, a bit rocky. And, you know, we're all going through the uh, through the form guide tomorrow, and with no racing experience, <laughs> and some of them say take on trust. Yeah. Um, that's one to take on trust. So you'd be a buyer at seventy. Yeah, I'd be happy to buy. Yep. Rob? Uh, look, unfortunately, I, I can't agree with uh, Stephanie and buying it at the moment. Um, I think we spoke about a month ago about this, and I, I might have shocked you, David, when yeah. I said, look, if this breaks through 60, we could see 36. Um, look, really, the, the share price hasn't changed too much since then. Uh, after the show, it rallied uh, about 10% in about a week, lost yeah. that 10% in a week. Uh, recently, they've just announced the um, divestment of one of uh, an asset they've decided is now a non-core asset, yeah. which should always be a red flag. Yeah. Um, you know, the week before that, that was one of their core assets. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, it's a non-core asset. Um, you know, we had a really significant spike. I think the stock was up about um, 13, 14% on the day the announcement was sold uh, was was made, and I've said before and I'll say it again, you know, any opportunity to offload the stock if you're in it, you should take it. Um, that spike we had got to the underside of the 200-day moving average. Uh, I think I've spoken previously about how significant that is yeah. uh, with institutional traders selling that line when, when prices are below. So yeah, we'd look for people who are in it just to get out until they prove themselves uh, that they can turn this business around. We yeah. wouldn't want to be there. That yeah. being said, I, I agree with everything that you said, James. It's a great brand. Um, people are comfortable holding the stock. They just haven't delivered. Yeah. So let them show that they can deliver. You've seen from the share price, it's fallen so mm, far mm. in five years. Yep. Um, you can afford to wait and even buy this stock, you know, 10%, 15% higher than where it is now and have them prove that they're back on course yep. and still make an absolute ton of money. Yep. Uh, but for the moment, way too much risk for us. Okay, That's a fair point. Um, and I really do think the other thing is to see some stability in management, which they just haven't had. Mm. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Does Marcus need to get more involved? Oh, Marcus is trying to get less involved and spend more time <laughs> on his boat, and who can blame him? <laughs> yep, exactly right. All right, let's just re recap the uh, first five stocks, um, including our stock of the day, Westpac, which was uh, a no from both Rob and James. Uh, Premier Investments, uh, great business, um, too highly priced on the multiples at the moment. If you're in it, hold it, but if, there, if there's a pullback, uh, maybe look at it then. Um, Citadel, uh, no from James, and uh, a, a hold, I think, from Rob, was it? Uh, Bravura, um, James says it's worth a look. Uh, a no from Rob. Uh, Wee Bit Nano, a no from James. Uh, Rob saying highly speculative, and if there's a big pullback, uh, maybe then start looking at it. Really interesting company, but highly speculative. 
Um, Blackmore's, James, happy to look at it at these levels, around $70. Rob, a no order. If you're in it, sell it and uh, see whether the management can uh, prove their worth and get the thing back on track. Um, here on the call, we have our own portfolio. We've been tracking since July 1. If there's a stock that gets uh, a yes as a buy from uh, both our experts on the panel, it goes into the portfolio and we keep tracking it. How are we doing over the last week or so is down 3.3% uh, for the month, down half a percent and for the year since the 1st of July up just over 11%. Now, if you want to take a look at some of the stocks uh, we, we've added um, um, by the panel recently, uh, Appen, uh, a couple of uh, ETFs as well uh, from our ETF special episode last week, Morningstar's Global Technology ETF, Van X, uh, Vectors Video Gaming and Esports ETF, uh, the Vectors China New Economy and Vanguard's Australian Property Securities Index. You can check all of the stocks or uh, ETFs we have in the calls portfolio. Go to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. We'll keep following how it's going. And on a programming note coming up this afternoon, Jeff Wilson from Wilson Asset Management joins us as he leads the charge against making virtual AGMs permanent. As he says, it's undemocratic. That's from 1 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, just following the call. Don't miss that. So what happening this afternoon on Ausbiz? Let's get into uh, the second lot of uh, five stocks that you've asked us to uh, address today. And uh, James, Jenny wants a view on Evolution Mining, the big gold mining company. And Explorer owns five gold and silver mines across uh, Queensland and Western Australia. What do you think of Evolution? I'm going to preface this by saying it's not a sector I like. Right. Um, it's very high capital intensity. They've got no yeah. uh, um, uh, influence over their price at all. And the commodity in particular, gold, uh, central banks can turn the tap on and off and how much they buy or sell, and <laughs> yep. they seem to be selling at the moment. Um, however, the company's done pretty well in the face of, uh, of a very strongly rising gold price over, over the last couple of years. Um, it's provided pretty consistent earnings growth, uh, return on equities, pretty solid, uh, very solid, 18% at the moment. Um, if you had to be in the gold sector, it's probably not a bad one to be in, but it's not just not a sector that I'm drawn to. Right, yeah. is it um, a preferred one from Bayview's? Yeah, we've got, right? a, we've got a positive outlook for it. Right. We've, we've okay. got a buy on the stock. Oh, okay. Um, and it's sort of, would it be fair to describe it as in that second tier yeah. of uh, gold mining yeah, stocks? Probably the top end of the second tier. Yeah. But, but okay. Yeah. Uh, Rob, what do you think of evolution? Yeah. Look, we could uh, go in and buy it here. Uh, it's kind of moved sideways of late. It's holding above yeah. that institutional 200-day moving average. Um, the results were quite good. Had 28% increase in revenue, 43% increase in EBITDA, net profits up 38%. Um, paying a, a pretty good yield, particularly for a gold stock, around 4%. Um, it's got a negative beta, which is great in these volatile What's times. What's that, mate? Um, so beta is the degree to which a stock is likely to move versus the market, and a negative beta would indicate that if the market were to go down, this stock should go up. Right. So as a hedge against the rest of your portfolio in these volatile times, mm. um, this could be one to look at. Obviously, you'd expect something like that with gold yeah. being the case. Um, you know, it's currently got an all-in sustainable cost of about $1.2, so $1,200 per ounce. Um, the big play for this one is there's a um, gold project they've got out at Red Lake and they're thinking they can get 11 million ounces out of that. Um, so with a grade of about 7.1 grams per tonne, which is very, very high, it's mm -hmm. you know, two or three times what you'd normally expect to find. Right. That could be a, a huge revenue earner for them. So yeah, it would be very comfortable um, to go along and pick up the stock. Okay. And uh, is it funny talking about gold stocks with the dividend yield better than the banks at the moment? Um, Who would have thought? You yeah, would yeah. crazy. You would, I would have a, 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 a... Yes, it is, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you'd want to be very, very cautious about buying yeah. any resource stock for its dividend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Although a couple of um, our panellists here on the call have um, warned to gold stocks. They usually hate gold companies during a gold boom because our Australian 
gold miners generally bugger it up because they go and buy some dodgy asset with, with all of the money. But at the moment, they were saying it seems our big gold companies are being managed by CFOs <laughs> that are going... We're going to bank every dollar, <laughs> which is which is, which is which good. is terrific. It's complete change oh, in yeah. what's deep in their DNA. Absolutely, uh, the industry as a it's whole a really though is a net negative return. Right. There's been more invested in in exploring and mining for gold than it's ever been pulled out of the ground. Right. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's just not a sector that I like. Yeah. Yeah. That's a uh, a very sobering uh, statistic. That one. Um, all right, uh, Rob uh, Fay wants a view on Avita Therapeutics. So another one about. Uh, mid-tech companies, uh, it's in the business of uh, regenerating skin, isn't it? Yep. Um, and uh, really a, a world leader, it's proprietary technology, uh, grows skin, it's for uh, scars and burns and, and uh, traumatic wounds. Yeah, a little bit surprised how the market's treated this since we last spoke. Uh, I think we need to see some kind of price action here, uh, getting the institutional investors involved. Right. Uh, one of their primary products is this um, resell, which is um, this spray on skin cells they're working yep. on. Um, also doing some work for people who suffer from the vitiligo, which is the white patches of skin you can get. Yep. Um, when we last spoke, I think uh, they were trying to get FDA approval uh, for that resell. It actually came through in September this year. Yep. So surprised that we didn't see uh, much of an uptick in the share price yeah. post that. So, Which is uh, interesting because uh, when, when they were talking about it, mm. you had that big spike up. Yep. And then September, when it was actually approved, it sort of done nothing. Dare I say, it's one of the uh, Rifkin rules. Um, right. You know, buy the rumour, sell the fact. Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's unfortunately how it's behaved at the moment. But, um, look, it's, again, really highly speculative. Uh, I probably wouldn't uh, see enough to go in and buy it now, particularly yeah. given that we didn't see the big pop that you'd expect with such a great announcement. Yeah. So I'd want to see them um, you know, actually have the share price move on good announcements, get some institutional money behind them before I stepped into it. Okay. All right, James? As a general rule, I don't like speculative companies. Uh, this company's never made a profit. It's a great-sounding story, as yeah. is Polynovo. Yeah. Um, Again, they've raised capital regularly. Yeah. Um, in fact, sort of have a history of raising capital and then sort of destroying it. And then they had a big 10 for one consolidation a couple of years ago. Um, it, it's one that you really want to be confident that they can commercialise successfully. It's just not one that's on my radar at all. Okay, all right. So uh, thank you for that suggestion, uh, Faye. Um, our next one, uh, James, not going to your sweet spot here, but Peter <laughs> Peter wants a view on Regis Resources. Again, gold production and exploration company uh, in the eastern gold fields of Western Australia with a, a number of projects there. What do you think about Look, Regis? My, my comments about evolution are the same for the whole sector. Um, they've been riding a higher gold price and, and you know, good luck to them. They've had yeah. very strong profit growth over the last few years. It is... Um, it, it's again the, at the moment return on equity is very good um, it's certainly undemanding uh, from an earnings multiple point of view it's just not an area I want to be in yeah. um, I wouldn't yeah. have a problem with the company if I, yeah. if, you know, if I had to own a gold stock yeah. it sort of looks okay um, but it's just not it's a, come down a fair bit hasn't it from, mm. uh, from that almost $6 just a couple of months ago yeah all right, uh, Rob. Yeah, David, so that uh, sell-off you can see it in the charts was in the back of their quarterly activities report that came out, I think it was the 23rd of October. Um, basically, their production was down, their costs were up. Um, production was about 6.7% below forecast. And uh, any time you miss forecast, yeah. you're going to get uh, harshly dealt with. So, yeah. um, look, beyond the most recent results, it still is uh, a compelling business if you want to be in that gold space. We wouldn't mind being uh, in this name. It seems to have been discounted quite a lot. Right. Um, you know, revenue was up 15% last time they had previously reported. Uh, EBITDA was up 30%, NPAT was up 22 So right. prior to the quarterly results, they're actually going quite well. Right. Um, so I think they're probably, we'd like to think they'd be able to turn around. I think um, last time we spoke about it, there was uh, a lot of conversation going on about one of the new projects out in McPhillamy, which is, I think, um, 
uh, Central Western New South yeah, Wales yeah, project. New South Wales, yeah. Yeah, um, and I think at that stage they were um, stage three or phase three exploration. So I don't think they've still yet been able to turn that into, um, you know, extracting the gold out there. But uh, once they do, uh, hopefully things should turn around for them. But you, d you don't have many gold stocks in, in the market. That have lost that amount in the last couple of months. No. Do. Yeah. Look, look they, look, they did go ex-dividend um, back late September, which caused them to drop down to that institutional line. Right. But then that result that came out um, a week ago basically killed right. them. They were trading around five dollars before then. They're down at low fours now, so that's a solid twenty percent loss in the last yeah. week. So it's worth. Yeah, look, Picking I think up for a rebound. Or not? I, yeah, I think so for this one. Uh, more for the fact that it's also a good uh, hedge on your portfolio being in gold at this stage. From our perspective, I understand gold has gone flat uh, after having that big rally. It's gone yeah. gone flat the last couple of months, but we're still looking for gold to leg up again. Uh, it wouldn't surprise us if we were to see gold maybe around the twenty three, twenty five hundred by the end of next year, which is still a Australian or US. Uh, US. US. Yeah. Wow. So, so it's that's high around 1900 at the moment, is that high 1800s? Yeah, yeah. So look, I guess the picture becomes a lot clearer for gold um, in about two days' time. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as long as there's a decisive you know, decision right. in the election too. Okay. As James said, it could be, I think, five days before we knew the last election, who yeah. won. Um, so that, that could be devastating. And that will depend on the economic stimulus coming out of the US. Well, they haven't agreed on anything. No, you know, Trump just right. refuses to do it. Um, yeah. you know, I think the big play over there at the moment was um, he wanted to make sure he had the majority of Supreme Court justices you know, in his back pocket. Yeah. So he was trying to get one of those um, done to have four out yeah. of the seven uh, before he decided to do any um, negotiating. And yeah. look, Pelosi hasn't helped the situation, no. telling no. us they're going to get They've a deal been. done, and it was never on the table. It's never going to happen. Fake so. politics, yeah, exactly. as usual. I'll just say one other thing. You mentioned that um, a lot of it depends on what happens over the next few days, and those sort of companies can be great to trade, but for investing, um, yeah. having stocks that are just going to grow their earnings over time, whatever happens in the market happens in the market, but you can sleep at night with a great deal of confidence that earnings are going to continue to rise. Yep. You just don't get that in resource stocks, and particularly gold and oil stocks. They're just too, earnings are too volatile. Yep. Um, share price volatility, I like, because it gives you opportunities. Yep. Yeah. Um, but, but you don't want earnings volatility, and you just get that way too much of it in this sector. Right, okay. All right, um, uh, Rob Sally wants a view on McMahon Holdings, the engineering Mining Services Group? Yep, uh, so it's a small cap uh, recommendation. We actually covered for clients um, about a month or so ago. Had a nice little rally in the meantime, pulled back a bit. Uh, we'd still be really interested in, in stepping in and picking it up if you're right. okay with small caps. Uh, it's servicing the mining sector. Yeah. Uh, if you don't want to go into this small cap space, um, one of the other names that we've kind of put forward to our clients is um, NRW Holdings, right. ticket codes yeah. NWH, yeah, yeah. does something quite similar, um, you know, services the mining industry, also has um, some, some other attributes that we, I won't get into now, but yeah. are quite good as well. But yeah, look, McMahon, we could definitely be looked into accumulating it if you're okay with that small cap space. Obviously, take on everything, take on board everything James has said you yeah. know, about small caps and yeah. things like that. Is it well run? Is it oh, yeah. have good yeah. management? From our perspective, yeah, we really right. like the management okay. team as well. All right. James? Yeah, I agree with all of that. I'd prefer to yeah. own a mining services company than a mining company. Right. Um, and again, they are volatile. It's a very cyclical yeah. sector. And um, when they're good, they're absolutely fantastic. When they're not, they often have to have a capital raising, which this company has a couple of times. The last fairly big one was in 2017. Yeah. They've got themselves into good financial um, shape. Um, mining investment's been strong. Um, I would prefer to own this name than some of the right. other miners that we were talking about earlier. Right. Uh, but it's probably not the top of the pick for me. I'd prefer to have a... Um, I, I like mineral resources. It's an okay. you know, incredibly innovative company. Chris Ellison, who's the, uh, who's the major shareholder of the company, runs it and he's not going to he's not going to blow up his own capital. They, yeah. They'll have a swing at things and sometimes they'll get it wrong. Yeah. Uh, but when they do, it might cost them, you know, 10, 20, 30 million dollars. Uh, yeah. But they've got the potential to make hundreds, if not hundreds of millions, if not billions. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd have a, a, I don't mind the sector, I don't mind the stock, but it wouldn't right. be my top pick. Okay. So, uh, 
mining services companies, sort of the, it's been put to me, they are sort of really tied to the commodity cycle oh, as well. So if, if commodities are falling, uh, miners are cutting back on their capex and their maintenance and all that sort of stuff, and then that flows so, through to So you, you get that volatility, but as a general rule, I'd prefer to buy the companies selling them, the miners the picks and shovels rather than the ones <laughs> that are actually using them. Yep, okay. All right, Sally, uh, a good, um, uh, if you're interested in, in the sector, um, yep, uh, Rob doesn't mind it, but prefers NRW and, uh, and James prefers mineral resources. Uh, James, our uh, Ben wants a view on Kodan. They manufacture a range of electronic products and software, basically to uh, that government and business area. Um, I didn't realise they're way overseas as well. The US, UK, Ireland, China, yeah, India. Very big in Africa. Yeah, and uh, they're big in metal detection. Yep. Is and that's, the, and that's anywhere from you know the sort of wackos you see down on the beach um, <laughs> uh, through to yeah. uh, mining companies, um, defence and humanitarian organisations. I mean, one of the big things in Africa, or two of the big things, are one is the mining sector and also uh, humanitarian clearing yeah. landmines and so forth. Yeah. I think it is a fantastic company. It's really oh. well run. It's had great profit growth. The founders who, are, I believe it's correct to say, no longer running it, still are significant shareholders in right. it. I really like the company. I just don't like the share price. Right. Um, it's not a bargain. Um, if you could get it sort of closer to ten dollars than twelve, I think you uh, will do well over time. So yep. just be a little bit patient. Because they're, they're known for the metal detectors, aren't they? But they've also got into communication products yep. now and tried to diversify the base a bit yep. away from it. Yeah, it's been very successful for them. Oh, okay. All right. Rob? Yeah, I think we uh, alluded to this company about a month or so ago uh, when we started talking about uh, Lieutenant General Peter Leahy's involvement in a number of companies right. uh, that looked like they were pushing into the Defence Force contracts. Yeah. Um, he's on about three different boards and has been very successful in having those companies pick up these major contract wins. Um, and I think that's why we're seeing um, Coden go on such a run. So, um, you know, we like it. The revenue was up 28%, EBITDA was up 50 uh, net profits up 40%, uh, and the dividends per share, they, they basically doubled those as well. Um, so, yeah, for its move into the government uh, Defence Force contracts, yeah. which the government domestically has already said they're going to be big spenders of anyway, um, yeah, we definitely could get involved in Coden. Obviously, just be a little bit careful of the price. Uh, we are seeing some technical warning signs there that we're kind of suggesting the stock might get back down to the you know, $11 uh, to ten fifty range. We did have a spike lower uh, about a week ago to that number. Um, mm -hmm. It hasn't cleared a number of technical things yet for us to say, look, a here's lot, where it should be piling in. Yeah, what, what do you look for in, in that? Where to start? Um, <laughs> so look, there's a number of things. Uh, what seems to be showing at the moment is maybe uh, we're running out of a bit of momentum here. Um, right. And you know you don't want to be that last person left holding the bag, you know, coming into a stock. So uh, typically, what happens is you get the large run-up, which we've seen, yep. uh, a bit of a base. The second wave of buyers come in, um, everyone's getting really excited, and then all of a sudden, everyone's out of the stock. Uh, so when you see the technicals set up the way they are here, you really just want to give it, you know, a, a couple of weeks. Make sure you're trying to get some institutional money coming into it, um, ideally um, you know, with, with another announcement around the corner, and then you can kind of get into it again okay. from a technical perspective. All right, so you'd sort of be on uh, on James's page, really well-run company. If you can get it in the tens, then worth looking at. Yeah, very well-run company. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. all right. And that seems to be the big thing you look for, isn't it? Oh, if management's everything. If the management's there to get through the good and, and maximise... Um, get through the bad times and maximise the good is really the, the perfect. Absolutely. If you don't have good people managing the company, they're going to stuff yep. up a good company very yep. quickly. Yeah, yeah. So important. As you mentioned and, earlier. And you, and you mentioned uh, General Lay. That, that is a really good appointment. It's oh. opened so many doors for them 100%. and given them some credibility. Um, that's a smart appointment. Yeah, Little Black Book is a pretty big black book, I would imagine. Uh, <laughs> Particularly in defence. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And look, if gold is, um, you know, going to keep running up the next couple of years, if you believe that. Yeah. Uh, you can imagine all the hobbyists coming in and buying all the metal detectors right. and taking off, and you can do it during COVID if that hangs around a bit too. Yeah, so yeah. their revenue is probably going to be pretty stable. That's what I was saying before. I'd prefer to play that as a, 
it way to play the gold sector than yeah. a you know yeah. a, a gold company that in a sector that's got an industry of torching capital. It's yeah. literally the modern day pick and shovel, isn't it? Yep. 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 Well, I'm. Well, I was just trawling TV the other day, and there's this show called Glo uh, on Seven Mate, I think it is, uh, Gold Miners Australia, right. and it follows all these guys with their metal detectors out in the middle of the desert, yeah. and they've got their sort of uh, caterpillars yeah. and they're digging up dirt. They are just crazy. Yeah. It's extraordinary. Um, all right. Uh, thank you for that. Let's have a look at um, our last five stocks, what we've been through. Evolution Mining, uh, one of the better mining stocks, um, according to both Rob and James. Uh, Avita Therapeutics, a no from both Rob and James. Uh, Avita is in the calls portfolio. So because it's come up again and didn't get the unanimous tick of approval from our, our panel, it now goes at out. Uh, Regis Resources, a no from James, uh, a yes from Rob. Um, McMahon, um, Rob likes uh, McMahon, but would prefer NRW uh, in this sector. Uh, James certainly prefers mineral resources. And Kodan, big rap for Kodan from both Rob and James, but not at this price, at the high $11 mark. If you can get it around $10, it would be a much better bet for you, but a really well-run company. Um, so thank you for all of those suggestions. Uh, thanks to James Rosenberg from Values. Good to see you, mate. And Rob Collett from Macro. Good to see you again, as usual. That's our show for today. Now, if you want to suggest any stocks to us, uh, put them in an email and we'll try and get around to it. Be patient. Give us a bit of time because uh, we've got a lot to get through from... Um, yeah, pretty good on making the suggestions, so we need to get everyone under control there. Uh, tweet us the call at Osbiz, um, sorry, email the call at osbiz.com.au. Tweet us using the at Osbiz TV uh, handle. Don't forget, you can see all the stocks in the calls portfolio, um, osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Uh, to get the latest um, from our team every day, what's been happening in business and finance, Nadine and Scuddy, uh, sum up the day every afternoon in an email which gets into your inbox at 5.30pm Eastern. Subscribe to that at osbiz.co slash join. And uh, start up daily show this afternoon between 2 and 3. Um, they're talking um, ag tech with an interesting business, Agaris, uh, shortlisted in Robobank's Global Food and Agricultural Discovery Program, uh, Food Bites, uh, that is coming up on the Startup Daily Show between 2 and 3 this afternoon. So a lot happening on Ausbiz. Don't forget Jeff Wilson coming up in about 20 or oh, 10 minutes time uh, to talk about why he is pushing to make sure that AGMs don't continue to go on virtual into the future. Uh, appreciate your company. Uh, a lot happening on Ausbiz. Stick around.